Building on the success of Johnson County's existing Veterans Treatment Court, the county has recently launched two new treatment courts, and these new courts provide opportunities for defendants in situations involving substance abuse or mental health issues to potentially receive treatment instead of punishment. Whether you live in or just love Johnson County, Kansas, JOCO On The Go has everything Johnson County. Here's what's happening and what's coming up in the community you call home. Thanks for joining us for JOCO On The Go. I'm your host, Andy Highland. I'm a Johnson County resident and an employee of Johnson County government. Our guests are here today to talk about the expanding treatment court model in Johnson County and how they offer a potentially life-changing experience for those who graduate from these programs. Barbara Strobel helps administer these programs for the district court. Barbara, hello, and can you tell us a little bit about your title and your role? Yes, my role as the court fidelity um, and program manager was created to help implement and oversee these treatment court programs. Um, there is a treatment court model with key components that we hope to follow in each of these courts. And we have multiple grants that um, support these courts. And so I will help manage those and make sure that we are meeting those requirements as well. Very good. And we're also joined by District Court Judge Kelly Ryan, who's been involved with our Veterans Treatment Court and will be the primary judge overseeing the Adult Treatment Court. Welcome, Judge Ryan. Thank you, Andy. I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you. You bet. And so, Barbara, you've worked with our Veterans Treatment Court program, which launched in 2016, I believe. And can you share with our listeners a little bit about how that program works? Yes. So our Veterans Treatment Court is somewhat unique in that there are two different tracks in that court. So we have a diversion track and we have a probation track. Um, our diversion track goes through the district attorney's office and our probation track is supervised by Johnson County Court Services. Um, but ultimately, veterans apply for that program. We use evidence-based screening tools to determine if they are an appropriate fit for the program. So we do like a risk needs assessment. And then we also do um, the VA does an assessment or Johnson County Mental Health, depending on whether the veteran is eligible for VA benefits. Um, and if they are screened into our program and accepted, um, they complete a five-phase program. Those phases vary in length. Um, but ultimately, the veterans are required to come to court really often. They meet with their probation officer really often. They are drug tested often. Um, it's a very intense supervision. We work really hard um, with the, the VA and Johnson County Mental Health. They provide incredible treatment opportunities for the veterans. And if they complete all of our requirements successfully, they graduate the program. That's great. Thank you. And Judge Ryan, maybe you could describe, there's two new courts that we're adding to this mix, and if you could describe each of them maybe on a high level and who they're designed to serve. Sure. Now, uh, in the month of November, we began both a, an adult drug treatment court as well as a behavioral health court. They are uh, specialty courts and treatment courts, similar to a veterans treatment court. Um, the primary difference obviously being that they're not veterans, but it's the same principles that have been used in other courts that really all of these treatment courts began over 25 years ago now, and they're nationwide. There's literally thousands of them throughout the uh, states, and it's both in metropolitan areas as well as uh, rural areas. The adult uh, drug treatment court 
as we are implementing it to as a starting point is for persons on probation. And there is what's called a Senate Bill 123 mandatory drug treatment. What that is, that's been in effect since 2003 in the state of Kansas. And that provides funding for treatment for these people on probation. There is a one-time fee of $300 that they pay and they get an entire 18 months worth of treatment for their $300 contribution. Those people who are on probation, um, they may have had problems on probation and are at risk of having their probation revoked and having them serve their sentence. Those are gonna be a lot of our folks. It's not a diversion uh, early on practice as it is in veterans treatment court as an option. What this does then is gets, it's much more intensive than even the most, in, what's called intensive supervision. This is meant for people who are willing to do those 18 months where they are going to be seeing a probation officer at least once a week. They're going to be submitting uh, urinalysis testing to ensure that they're not using drugs at least twice a week. That is on average eight to 11 times a month. And that's almost triple what a standard probation uh, person would uh, have for those tests. Plus another very key component is that they are to be engaged in after having an assessment, be engaged with treatment to address their substance use disorder. So our program for drug treatment court for adults, if they can go through all these phases that are spaced out over those 18 months, and, and they're gonna have bumps in the road, they're gonna have failures, they're gonna have relapses, but we deal with those by addressing specifically, there, there can be sanctions and people may not make it all the way through. But the goal is to uh, support them to get the treatment and continue with the treatment because the treatment works. That's what's going to change persons from the cycle of continuing to use. And we know that the more that they are consistently using drugs, they, it, they've already shown a propensity to commit crimes. So that, that's likely to happen again. This can cut them off from that and continue them on that road to recovery. And at the end of 18 months, if they graduate from the treatment court, either adult drug treatment or behavioral health, the legislature just passed a new provision in the statutes last year that that conviction can be automatically expunged immediately. You don't have, there's no waiting period. So that's a great benefit um, and kind of a, 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 a real benefit for the community, but it's also primarily a benefit for the people making it through. Behavioral health court is the same principle, only those are persons who've committed crimes. They may be early on, uh, even in before a uh, conviction, but there'll be plenty of, of them that will be post-conviction, meaning they're on probation. What they look for there is they have to get evaluated through Johnson County Mental Health. And that evaluation will then determine if they have a diagnosis for a mental health condition. Sometimes they refer to it as a persistent, um, uh, severe and persistent mental illness. If that's the case and they're willing to engage in that type of treatment, that they're doing the same program as we are. We also know, and I know I'm going on at length about this, but we know that 
many of the people that we are going to be dealing with in drug treatment court have mental health issues. Many of the people in the mental health, behavioral health court have drug use problems. We will be working together if if things kind of get out of balance and shift one way or the other, they may move to the other court to more em to emphasize that uh, more drastic or more uh, prevalent issue that's causing them problems. Thank you for that. And, and I think as I listen to you describe these programs, it sounds like these are designed to get people out of a kind of a cycle where they're appearing in front of a criminal justice system again and again. And instead of focusing on the punishment angle, focusing more on treatment. Is, do I have that right? Is that the general goal of the program? Absolutely, because the prisons are so crowded and the legislature and the courts of Supreme Court have told us prisons meant for the more serious offenders. And while some of these people that are using drugs are serious offenders, but if your crime is lower level property type crimes, and a lot of it's, there's a definite correlation with their drug use, they're not going to be going to prison anyway. They're going to be on a standard probation. These people are identified and they're willing to, they're willing to be under more scrutiny through the drug treatment court because they generally come into it saying, I now recognize my problem. I need the help. Yeah. And I think the judge did a pretty good job, Barbara, of describing what the kind of process will look like with the additional steps that people will have to go through and additional scrutiny is, as you say, uh, for that they'll be subjecting them to. But can you just take us through what that experience looks like? Maybe for somebody who might sign up for the adult treatment court program, what kind of steps they'll have to go through step by step along the way? Yes. So the adult drug treatment court program is six phases. So like judge said, it is 18 months long. Um, and so we've made the phases a little bit smaller. Um, I think that helps people accomplish them and they see a smaller goal and they're able to, to get there quicker than if you just, you know, made it really each phase really long. Um, like judge mentioned, they'll see their probation officer once a week. They will come to court every other week. They will take many, many drug tests. Um, you know, we, the accountability factor here is, is large. Um, and there is a, a multidisciplinary team surrounding these people on treatment court supervision. And I think that's the biggest difference. Um, you know, there are highly skilled professionals in a room, all just sitting there wanting to help these people, um, in every way. And so someone in adult drug treatment court will have access to Johnson County mental health services if they should need them. Um, they will work through 18 months of mandated drug treatment, and that can look very different for individuals. That could be inpatient treatment, that could be intensive outpatient treatment, um, and they can kind of work their way down. Or if halfway through the program, they're in need of inpatient treatment, you know, we can get that taken care of for them. Um, so it's just kind of all the right people at the table ready to help them. Um, and like Judge said, if they complete the program successfully after that 18 months, um, their charges can be expunged if they're eligible. And, and I, I will say I was fortunate enough to attend the most recent Veterans Treatment Court graduation that was hosted here. And what what a day that was. It was it was really powerful for me to see the experience that these folks had gone through and the successful completion of it at the end. What's that like for both of you to see, uh, Judge Ryan, when, when you see somebody go through that process and complete it some, to, the, to the end, what is that process like? 
It it is very powerful, Andy. It's um, and it's unique because we're where's we're developing a relationship literally with these people that in ordinary court we don't because there's just so many people, so many cases. And um and you can't devote that much time to every case. So putting that time into it and seeing these people consistently every other week, maybe, you know, as they get in the later stages, it may be only once a month, but still you're seeing them so much. And the engagement is you're talking to them about what's going on in their life, be it good or bad, you know, what's causing problems. And by the time they get to graduation, it's not only is it great for them, but it reinforces for everybody on the team, I think that what, this is doing is working and it's helping people. Barbara, what, what are your thoughts? Is you, I know you work with many of these folks really closely. When, when you see them at the end, what is that like for you? It is my favorite day. It's my favorite day in my job always. Um, you know, it is incredible to see the journey. It's an honor really to be a part of it. Um, you know, we meet these people at oftentimes the lowest point in their lives. Um, you know, they've had law enforcement contact, they may be at rock bottom um, and we're able to kind of swoop in and, and help pick them up um, and, you know, really witness the work that they do and um, see their lives ultimately changed for the better. Um, you know, they do most of that work on their own, but they have a lot of support along the way. And it's it's a privilege to be a part of that. That's great. And I think, you know, I, I think. Judge Ryan, you said these, of course, are based on a national model and then that, that we're we're replicating some success that's been developed in other places. Uh, just what do you think makes these programs so popular across the country? Is it some of these things we've been talking about already? Yeah, I, I think what's what makes them successful and pop. They're popular because they're successful um, and they're popular because it's taking a different approach to the same problem. We, Andy, we, we, I've been a judge for a little over 15 years. We've been trying to get drug courts here because they were throughout the whole state of Kansas. There's probably 10 before we ever even started talking about that. And it wasn't until about 2014 uh, when I was on the criminal bench that we started working towards that. And there's been a lot of resistance because um, in, in the legal justice system, there's a lot of people who are it's very suspicious of it. It's like, why are you giving them special treatment? You know, they ought to just go serve their probation or if they can't handle it, go to prison. And the whole idea of insanity being doing the same thing over and over again, thinking you're going to get a different result is evident from that because it has been going on forever. That's the reason we ended up with a veterans treatment court is because we didn't have enough support for a drug treatment court. Because of that success in nearly the eight years that we've been doing a veterans treatment court here, that was the springboard to help us finally get to a point to do a drug treatment court and then add in behavioral health court because quite frankly, that's where the uh, that's where the wave has come to of recognizing it, dealing with the problem, not just saying, here's your probation. If you can't make it, go to prison. And Criminally, what happens at the end of this process? You mentioned expungement. How does an expungement differ from, say, a diversion or some other part of the criminal process that that may be available to other folks not through this program? Right. A diversion is from the front end. 
once a case is filed and it's meant for generally it's a one-time opportunity um, with no other prior record or pretty insignificant other contact with law with the law if you uh, and it's a lower level type of crime you can enter into what essentially is a probation if you fulfill all the requirements at the end of the year or 18 months on diversion your case is dismissed, so you never have a conviction. What we have in treatment courts are persons who are charged, and as I said, the adult drug treatment court is dealing only with those people who have been convicted. Those convictions are not higher level crimes, uh, crimes against persons or sex offenses, things like that, certainly not murders, anything at all like that. But if they are either primarily a drug crime they're charged with drug possession of some type or distribution, or it's a crime that's related to their use of, of drugs. Their drugs are driving their, uh, their theft charges, their identity theft, their use unlawful use of a credit card, pretty, pretty standard types of property crimes. If that's what it is with a drug issue, then they will have a conviction and their probation would usually be a year, maybe two years. Um, and at the end of that, if they successfully complete a probation, then their case, the case is over. They have to wait a period of time to get an expungement. Here, at the end of the 18 months or so, once if they graduate from a, a treatment court, they are eligible to have that expunged, meaning that, con that conviction is taken off the books. The only time it ha ever has any relevance is if they get in trouble again. It's always there, can be considered. But to the public, it's taken off any website. KBI scratches it from the records. There's no record of that conviction. Now, that doesn't mean anything prior, but at least it gives them the opportunity to, to kind of wipe the slate clean. That's great. And and I think, so it sounds like this happens maybe at the sentencing phase. Is that correct? When, when right. you, you would decide where to plug people in? And that's a question right. I had is for both of you, really, I mean, or for whichever of you would like to talk about it. How do people get involved in these programs if they if they say, oh, this is for me, I want to sign up? What is does the system help guide them through that or do they flag it themselves? How does that work? That's all you, Barb. So. Like I mentioned earlier, Veterans Treatment Court is a little different with that diversion piece. So they would have to apply through the district attorney's office for diversion. Um, and we we route all veterans to Judge McCarthy's courtroom so that they have kind of a natural path to Veterans Treatment Court if they would like to apply for that program. Um, for the probation piece of Veterans Treatment Court, as well as Behavioral Health Court and Adult Drug Court, we have a referral form that you can fill out for any of those courts. You just mark, mark which one you would like to apply for. Um, that can be done through an attorney. The judge could, you know, in talking with them in court, say, hey, you know, is this something you'd like to potentially look into? Um, a judge can refer, uh, they can they can refer themselves if they want to. Um, probation officers, we've had many referrals from probation officers, um, but they would just need to fill out that referral form and send it to treatmentcourts at jococov.org. Um, and we will take a look at it and, and go from there. That is great. Thank you. I think it, for what, for I think one of my last questions here, what, what lessons have we learned from doing a veterans treatment court for so long uh, that might apply to these two new courts? Anything you've picked up from that experience? Well, Barb's got more experience overall with the Veterans Treatment Court because she's 
was working in the probation uh, aspect of that, dealing directly with them. Whereas the judge, we're seeing them, we get all the reports. We know what's going on until we see them face-to-face -face in court, which which has its part, has a has a good place in all that. But I think what I think what I've learned from it and seeing the veterans treatment court is not only that it works, but uh, the success stories that you have. You have some people that graduate and they, maybe they just kind of got by, but most people, you can see a change in them. And I think the greatest part, I think, from Veterans Treatment Court is when someone who's gone through the program graduates, they didn't have the expungement before, but they've graduated. And after a period of time, they apply and they come back and they serve as a mentor for other people that are going through the the uh, treatment court. And I think we'll have the same thing. They call them a peer mentor in a drug court, someone that's been there. They've walked through that same issue or issues. And who better to help someone than someone else who can relate directly with them? Yeah, Barbara, anything to add? I mean, I've learned so much from Veterans Treatment Court. I would say um, getting the right people into the court is really important. So we're serving, you know, the most high risk, high needs individuals, people who really, really need this. Um, you know, we don't want to over-supervise people who don't need it or, you know, over-treat people who may not need it. Um, so it's really important that we're assessing those people well and getting the right people in. Um, and then also just having a really strong team um, in place, I think is really important. You know, this work is hard. Um, and, you know, we lean on each other a lot and we communicate a lot with one another. Um, and there are some really amazing people involved in these courts in this county. Um, and we, you know, we, we all work together to serve this population. And um, I think we, I think we do a good job of it. That's great. Uh, anything else that you both would like to say about these treatment courts? Anything we should have asked, but didn't? The only thing I want to throw in, Andy, is um, to make sure to give uh, some Props to Johnson County Mental Health because they've really been um, a, a leader in helping us do this um, for both treatment courts, mm -hmm. not only financially, but staff-wise, expertise-wise, um, as well as um, our court services through the district court and community corrections for Johnson County. Those are all the integral uh, players that are involved in these treatment teams that makes it work. And everybody started these it wasn't even on a shoestring. It was, we're just going to do it because we need to do it. It's not extra staffing that we got. We have eventually since then, but it was all done um, because people knew it was the right thing to do. That's great. Barbara, anything else? I don't think so. Thank you so much. Well, thanks to all of you for sharing such good information today. We appreciate you coming on and helping others understand a little bit more about this street and court experience. So thank you very much. Thank you, Andy. You just heard Joko on the go. Join us next time for more Everything Johnson County. Have a topic you want to discuss? We want to hear from you. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at JokoGov. For more on this podcast, visit jokogov.org backslash podcast. Thanks for listening.